Welcome to the Harrington Star FinTech Diversity, Equity and Inclusion Discussions. I want to showcase people across our industry who are advocates for change. I love to celebrate the wins, but we know there is so much more to be done to ensure that change actually happens to build a truly inclusive industry. In these diversity, equity and inclusion discussions, I have a number of series. The Humans of FinTech, the Talent Surgery, the Maternity and Paternity Stories, and the longest running of all, the Women of FinTech podcast series. I do lots of work to drive change campaigns across our industry to increase inclusion within the workplace. So please contact me to see how we can partner together. You can contact me through LinkedIn or on my email, nadia.edwards-dashti at harringtonstar.com. In the meantime, enjoy the show. the Recruitment Roundup with Toby and Nadia of Harrington Star. This is our one podcast a week where we talk about us and our passion for great recruitment. As you know, five days a week we shine a light on the individuals making waves in the world of fintech and on a Sunday we bring you the Recruitment Roundup. This week we're going to be talking about a theme and the theme of this week is diversity of background, diversity of thought and the strength within that. So, Toby, I'd love you to open up by telling us all about the different people you've been talking to this week and why this theme is so prevalent for us. Yes, so, so, so I had some great conversations this week. For those of you who've been watching the, uh, yeah, the, the show, uh, we kicked off on Monday with Adrian Muir over at uh, Voxmart, who won the Ultimate FinTech Workplace. I think I spoke about this a little bit last week. She was fantastic. That is one which I urge people to watch, just in terms of how people can really thrive as a business by looking after their people during a pandemic. It was one of my favorite ever ones that we've done. Uh, I love talking to those guys about what they're doing and it was a really, really, really enjoyable thing to film. I've been looking for a long, long time as well to get Daniel Shepard on uh, from uh, Baton Financial. Really interesting business, started in 2018, adding real value to that asset management space where I think innovation has been sparse for many, many years and we're seeing a real surge in strong innovation around uh, buy side technology recently and, and they're doing some some great stuff again looking at problems and I love talking about how they've uh, developed their business uh, and then we've got uh, David David Prince from um, Beringa who is talking about the cyber world and uh, Beringa is a company I think are fascinating uh, you know one of the, the, the sort of most innovative and nimble of the uh, you know the consultancies they're knocking on the door now of the big four uh, and this is a, this is a company now looking at an, an area which we haven't spoken about for, for how busy and important the cyber world's been over the last year or so to actually have someone of his his standing and you know view of the marketplace is is brilliant so that's one to absolutely look out for that'll be coming out on uh, friday and it's a real look at, at uh, resilience and, and cyber threats and what's happening in that whole that whole space at the moment so very very excited to uh, to bring that to everyone so some really good conversations uh some good good ones being lined up behind that as well um and yeah very very exciting times on that front yeah, I love that. I love hearing about the resilience that people are showing within this time. I know that's something that I'm, I'm constantly talking about, but um, I'm really excited about this theme this week. Um, as everyone knows, I'm always talking about inclusion and authentic inclusion. And I think that there's been a number of conversations that I've had this week where we've been talking about power of this diversity of thought and different opinion and how important this is to the fintech community, which is building products 
for a vast array of people. So you need a vast array of opinions to ensure that you are providing that best service. So the two pods that I want to talk about, again, this is our, and I said to Adrian uh, yesterday, I said, you are our queen of the week this week because Toby's spoken to you and, and that's been posted. I'm, I'm also posting um, our, our inclusion podcast. Uh, and uh, yeah, she really, she really loved it um, that we're, we're putting <laughs> such a focus on her. But it's absolutely deserved, as you said, because there are such amazing, um, authentic things that Voxmart are doing for their people at the moment and as a business and their product and what they're doing to put themselves out there to really make a difference. And um, I wanted to highlight the conversation with Adrian Muir, COO of Voxmart, because within our Women of Fintech podcast this week, this authenticity, power of communication, the value of asking questions and difficult questions at that really, really stood out. And she spoke a lot about the value um, of a different opinion within a room um, and the value of people feeling psychologically safe within their businesses to be able to say exactly what they're thinking and how that, that responsibility is to us all. Mm. So she says she needs to be the same person dropping off the kids at school uh, to the same person on a panel or the same person having dinner or the same person in, in a review or the same person talking about a product strategy. And I think that is something that a lot of us have been talking about for a long time, like bring your whole self to work. But when we talk about that, let's be honest, there are so many people that listen to that and go, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. I can't, I, I'm not, I don't, I'm not psychologically, I don't have a psychologically safe environment to bring my whole self to work. And I think that is very much everybody's responsibility. And this is why I love this theme of their strength and diversity of thought. So we've got to work really hard to cr- create that sort of environment. My second example is Georgia Stewart, the great Georgia Stewart, co-founder and CEO of Tomello. Now, Tomello um, is a green finance business, um, and it's really, really important how she and her colleagues set up the business straight out of university. So if we're talking about diversity of opinion, diversity of people, diversity isn't, isn't just gender, race, social mobility, it's age as well. Um, and she talks really openly about the fact that within their business, they have people of all, all different ages, all different backgrounds, all different creeds. And she says that's what brings them strength because when she first started hiring, a lot of people would say, oh, you're a C-level member of staff. Yes, yes, yes I am. And yeah. it isn't what's expected, but what a difference of opinion that drives that business. And that's what makes them really strong. So I love bringing these two examples because we're talking about strength and difference of opinion, strength and diversity of thought. And th- these are real examples of that. So I think actually within our community, you don't have to look far to be able to identify this theme, but it's so important that we're talking about it this week because this to me is about putting your money where your mouth is. If you want to be creating great products and if you want to be building really strong, sustainable businesses, this is the actual reality of it and how you make that happen. So um, it's been yeah, a fantastic week of, of conversation for sure. I think that diversity, sorry to cut in there, Ned. Mm. I think that diversity of, of age is a really interesting thing. I was listening to a podcast yesterday, Matthew Syed's podcast that you know I love. And he was talking to Ben Francis, who's the founder of Gymshark. And 28 years old, his business has been valued at over a billion pounds. And it was a business that was founded with a uh, sewing machine as a student, right? And I love that. I, you know, I've been fascinated with that story for the last you know, six months to a year, just, just really uh, reading about them. And, and I think it's really important, isn't it? Because we think about diversity in so many different ways, but rarely is it age diversity. And I think that diversity of thought is, is you know, when, when people look at it and see the benefits of those team dynamics, 
it's really, really important to get this right. I was at, listening to an event which was uh, held yesterday by Northstar. Northstar is our business that we that we uh, was born out of Harrington Star that focuses purely on the sales and uh, sales and marketing arena, talent acquisition in that space. And they had Mark Beeston of Illuminate Financial on. Um, so Mark Beeston uh, is an investor of uh, some standing, absolutely incredible person to listen to. And it was with a, a team of CROs that we were talking to, had sort of a dozen CROs on, 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 him, on with him last night. You know, one of the questions was about the metrics. So the metrics for investment, what are the metrics that they look at for investment? And this is, you know, this is a, a fund there that's, that's been the darling of the fintech space for some time and, and really helps businesses move further forward. And he said, look, the first thing you look at is what's the, the size of the market? Uh, but you take that as a given. So people in the market size, it's the single most important thing. And then you look at, uh, and he would say he would used to look at the product and the team. But now the most important thing for him is team, 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 team. And I think, yeah, when you think about that, and when I'm talking to companies at the moment about that side of things, I think it's now started to really have that penny drop moment, particularly as we're doing more around the C level. We, you know, we're, we're placing at the moment CP, you know, chief product officers, we're, chief, we're placing chief revenue officers, uh, we're placing chief technology officers, and we're putting a lot into that C-suite right now. And I think the and chief, you know, we're actually working at a chief financial officer at the moment as well. And you look at those those C hires, and and I think it's really interesting that people are looking more, or, or just as much now about that that sort of ability and their track record of what they've done, but how they benefit and blend in with that team as well. And I think it's about those founder-led CEO businesses who are listening and looking for that influence. And and again, I think it's it's having people there who can challenge, who can you know push back, who can be part of the. Um, solution otherwise they're part of the problem and that's you know that that's that's really really important so i think it's you know that that sort of ability and this is another thing which mark beeston said yesterday which was the significance of the biggest mistake of growth businesses is they don't hire enough rock star performers earlier on so they go in there and they bootstrap it they they um they hire cheap etc etc but you know the companies who are going on that super growth journey are the ones who are hiring superstars hiring rock stars early and hiring rock stars who complement each other. And I think when you're looking at team, 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 and you look at the importance of that leadership team in investment decisions in, in terms of being able to get the funding that allows your business to move further forward, thinking about the dynamics of that team is, re is really important. And that's what I love actually about, you know, as, as, as we said over the last couple of weeks, we've had a uh, maneuverability or a, a sort of a change program within our group recently where we've got a C-suite team that I think is exceptional. But you look at the dynamics of that team, uh, and particularly with, you know, with, with uh, Claudine coming up to the top table in her HRD sort of uh, position at the moment, adding a completely different set of uh, eyes on, on, on how we're doing things, Claudine Eastwood. We've got you on the custom, you know, customer side of things who thinks very differently to Rob, who's looking at that sort of operational side of things. And it thinks very differently to James, uh, who's very much a revenue kind, you know, kind of guy. I really love the dynamics of, of how we're looking at that, that sort of thing and being able to blend that. And it makes you think, right, that is how you operate really effectively to give a platform that moves forward because you do not want to just surround yourself with people who've got exactly the same opinion. And, and when you're doing that and you, and you avoid this sort of analysis paralysis and, and you know, the, the friction of, of having loads of different opinions all, all pulling in different areas, but you can say, look, let's all get behind that, that opinion once the decision's made and you can have a diversity of thought around it. To me, that is what I'm seeing time after time after time. And I've spoken, as you know, to hundreds of leaders over the course of the last year. 
in the fintech space from companies who are absolutely thrashing it to companies who struggled a little bit further if you look at the teams that have done particularly well or are gaining investment or are moving further forward it is that diversity of thought and, and really strong leadership teams who work very well together and, and i'm not just saying happy clappy and uh, agree with everyone but push back on each other and, and have that sort of uh you know, sometimes difference of opinion that can allow them to move further forward. I think that is a super, super secret ingredient. And, and you know, going back to Matthew Sider, I spoke about the Ben Francis interview earlier on. I know you're a big fan of the book as well. But Rebel Ideas, and you just see that the benefits of diversity of thought, it is a stunning, stunning thing that people don't look at that more in their hiring decisions and don't look about how it complements their teams. And I'm really, really encouraged that over the last six months, I think that's become, maybe, maybe because it's been, as diverse as it has been in terms of where people have been working, that that chemistry has been even more important. Yeah, I'm, I absolutely agree with everything that you said there. And actually, this um, diversity of thought and this um, sort of positive debate, it is actually quite new. If we think about how we've supported people hiring in the past, it's been very much talking about cultural fit rather than value fit. And I think mm. value fit is very much, well, well actually, we, we want that we want to be able to have that safety for people to be able to debate to debate. As you were talking, it really reminded me of somebody within my community called Ritesh Jain. So he mm. used to work at HSBC. He's recently set up a company called Infinite um, with a mission to humanize credit and credit cards. It's very much about financial inclusion and bringing that to the masses. One of the things he taught me, which I'd never heard before uh, when I did the Humans of Fintech podcast with him, was uh, we've got to get rid of hippos. <laughs> I said, oh, what's wrong with hippos? But, uh, but you know, I, I learned that actually it stands for the highest paid person um, in the room. Yeah. Um, and it's the high pay, highest paid person in the room's opinion. Um, and we've got to get rid of that because what he was essentially saying is that, that when he changed his, his dynamic within his team and his leadership group, it was when he started saying, I'm actually not going to, say anything that will allow people to nod, nod their heads at his opinion within that room. And instead, you become the, the strongest leader and the strongest business when you listen to what everybody genuinely thinks in an environment they feel safe to, safe to give their opinion in, which I think is incredibly important. And, and it very much links to sort of the challenges that I've been seeing in the marketplace uh, this week and what we're looking to overcome. And I really wanted to talk about this because it was only a couple of years ago that people were talking across financial services technology community and across fintech that there was a big problem because we have a shallow talent pool for um, hiring new people. And, you know, back then I was very much an advocate of that was around perception and people just wanting to hire the, uh, the finished product and wanting almost to commoditize their next their next person within the business rather than seeing them as a person on their own career journey. And I think in terms of challenges, we, we talk about this diversity of thought. We talk about so many companies that um, are now back in the market talking to us because not because they want, they want help with their marketing, their branding, their EVP, which we, which we always do help with, but actually they've come mm. back and started talking to us about specific um, large volume volumes of hires yeah. and very yeah. much what I've, I've been really enjoying this week is helping them with that how to 
how are we going to do this properly? How are we going to ensure that, that you are um, authentically inclusive within your process? And it's kind of taken me back with a couple of companies where we have had to really start replanning and re-looking re at what their EVP is and ensuring that we're going to have podcasts, we're going to have them in our magazine, we're going to support them in how they project that EVP out there to the world. But I think it's really important to just to highlight how far we've come to overcome this challenge of the perception that, that as hiring managers and hiring people within this business that we had, oh, we've got a shallow talent pool. That's only, that's only what you say it is if that's what you're, where you're looking. And instead, if we're thinking about diversity of thought, people potential, not people privilege. People privilege, I was, I was taught this in a panel that um, I was on um, as part of the uh, Finastra Hackathon. And uh, one, of the one of the people on the panel said, CVs are, um, tell you about someone's uh, previous privilege, not their potential. Really interesting way of thinking. Mm. So if you're only looking at exactly what someone's done, not what they're capable of, of course your, your, your talent pool is going to be shallow. But what I've loved is being able to tell people about completely new talent pools. Talent pools that have been untapped and unidentified before. So I think it's a really, really exciting time for the how-to. Um, changing that perception of where I'm only looking at this one talent pool and I have to find um, someone who can do the job I want them to do right now. But instead, let's invest in people. Let's create those real standout performers by investing in them, supporting them, allowing them to grow their careers. And I think it's really important to be really clear on this, that this is what we're here for. Me and you have always, always said this in calls, face to face with clients. This is what we can help with. And I just want to be really clear that this is what we're doing. And we're, we're really affecting businesses and their plans for growth and change this year in a sustainable and inclusive way. And it's, it's so, so rewarding. It's important that we share that with everybody. What are the challenges that you've been overcoming this week, Toby? Look, it's, I think this is a, this is sort of tied into this a little bit, isn't it? In, insofar as we are now in uh, yeah, the fourth week of January, it's the start of the year. Uh, we've had the Prime Minister on air yesterday telling us that the kids aren't going back after, after half term. And I think one of the things that, that, that's very, very prevalent at the moment, and I've been speaking to a fair few people about this, is there is this, um, you know, this continued wellness um, and mental health challenge that I think is... Um, you know, overhyped to, you know, to, some, to some extent in, insofar as look I think you, you know, certain things can become self-fulfilling but at the same sort of stage I absolutely believe that this is this is a, this has been a difficult week for for so many people and I think uh, you know this the, 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 the sort of realization that, that people are missing their you know their loved ones and families there is a, a huge sense of fear still around everything that, that people are doing and we all feel that at various different stages that there are you know, the lack of being able to be out and about and interact and connect with people. Look, I think we were spending most of last year saying the difficulty of the office and, and how people were thriving, working from home, et cetera, et cetera. But I think this is the first time where I've really seen people who've been sort of dyed in the wool uh, work from homers who are, who are craving a bit of interaction in an office. And that, that sort of propels me even further to the, to the, the value of the hybrid as it comes back, you know, where, where you have the best of both worlds, where you do have that human interaction and that collaboration between teams. Because there is only so much that you're going to get from from uh, interacting on a Zoom call and a Teams call and all these these sort of things. So, I think people are pining to uh, to get back into action a little bit and uh, to you know, to collaborate and, and be with each other, be with humans, and, and meet their customers and have some of those different experiences. So, I think it's really really important. This is again another reason why I love the Vault Smart um, 
interview earlier on in the week is those those sort of abilities to humanize and to um yeah, make sure that, that there is there are those resilience days that Adrian was talking about that you, you are looking to look after your team uh, are all so so important and so critical to get right and and to, to make sure happen within it so those are some of the things i think we're seeing and and um you know we're, we're helping and talking to a lot of people about how they can uh, manage that and and make sure they keep their teams consistent and actually a lot of people have been helping us with that as well so we can you know learn from each other and, and really you know make sure we're trying to do things which aren't exhausted from a you know from a from a team basis to make sure we're we're, uh, we're there and creating the best platform for it so I think that's been important in terms of what's uh, what's been going on and what's uh, you know what's positive. You, you mentioned there a lot about uh, you know the projects and various wins and and you know people thinking about their EVPs and such like. We're delighted, as we've spoken about earlier on this this uh, this this this, uh, this year, to have Graham Hill on the team. Uh, Graham has spent many many years uh, in house looking at you know, working for some of the biggest uh, brands in the country. And his ability to help us sort of really work with internal teams and work with leaders to create great onboarding experiences virtually to help advise on uh, employer branding and to bring that extra sort of ability to, uh, to for us to be talking about large projects is something which we're having more and more uh, conversation and wins around. We've been winning a lot more uh, retained and long-term project work, which is really, really exciting and a, and a, and a you know, pivotal part of what we've been doing. You mentioned there about the people and potential. And I think HS Connect, our video platform, is really allowing that. We had a great win with a with a US business who would not have looked at a CV in, in its black and white, but we had a, had someone approach us and, and explain to us why they would be good for it. A video to the company that then showed why that person is a standout, you know, has a standout potential to do it, propelled someone who would have been cast aside on black and white because of that CV, because of what they've done rather than what they could do. Uh, propelling himself straight to start and he starts has started now a, a, a great opportunity in New York City which I think is incredible uh, and testament to what you're saying we've been uh, inundated by our judges with some incredible companies for the most influential fintechs in the financial technologist magazine we'll be writing to them early next week giving them the opportunity to put content into the magazine there are some stunningly innovative companies out there at the moment in this financial technology space it is such an exciting position to be in I was out with a, a partner, went out for, for a run this morning with, with a partner from a, a, a major consultancy, Big Four consultancy. And he was just talking about, you know, the whole concepts of you know, how the market's been and how they're growing and, and their particular part of the business is growing. And I think that growth has been uh, incredible. We're, we're incredibly lucky. Uh, Mark Beeston said something yesterday, which uh, better lucky than smart. And I think, uh, you know, the lucky aspect of us being uh, in the technology space has been a real blessing this year for, for, to, to see that happening. And we've been seeing some phenomenal growth, uh, speaking to a company of about 40, 50 heads who are looking to grow by 40 heads again this year, which I think is incredible. So hiring remains robust. Growth remains very much on the agenda for people this year. We've seen a continuation of, of what we were seeing at the back end of last year of people, uh, despite the lockdown, wanting to, uh, to move their businesses further forward. So with innovation and with growth and with people thinking a different perspective and opening their minds up to how they can uh, see that potential in client, I think it's been a really re interesting time. What about yourself, Ned? Yeah, um, I, I couldn't agree more with everything that you've been saying. And I think um, just one thing to add on to that is a bit of a call to action to everyone out there in the community just to remember that it is about now and it is about how we're going to grow our businesses now, but it's also about the future. So I was... Um, 
back at Henley Business School last night, this time not face to face. Um, this time through through the uh, the World Wide Web, um, and you know what? I had such a fantastic time yet again, and I can't wait to share the the questions and the feedback that I got from the session. So, um, I'm I'm a real fan of of Henley Business School and a number of other business schools at different universities. Um, I've got a real like range of universities that I go and speak with and and help and help with interns and do some career coaching, CV helping. Um, interview tips. I've got a huge, huge amount of people that, as I was saying last night to these these new new students that I'm talking to, I was saying I've had calls on a Saturday night, someone panicking about a Monday interview that isn't isn't through Harrington Star, that isn't through us. It's for a grad program with a bank, and they need some they need some help. And that's exactly the sort of thing that I want to be doing because what is my goal when I go and speak at universities? I want to open people's eyes our eyes to the financial services technology community and to fintech. And yet again, last night, as I was talking through my presentation, which is called Love the Journey, Your Career Pathway into Fintech, it, my, one of my first slides is let's demystify exactly what Fintech is and what is, the, what, what is financial services technology, what's corporate finance, like, let's talk through all of this. And yet again, I learned that there are so many students out there that simply don't have the confidence to apply to financial services and Fintech. They don't think that their profiles will be considered they still don't understand this concept of diversity of thought and the strength of it. We're not getting that out to people enough. And I'm so pleased that I got it out to however many people were, were logged on last night. And that's, that's, that's just really, you know, a drop in the ocean. And, and I'm going to be working really hard to continue doing that because it's one thing us saying this is how we're, we want to behave moving forward. We've got to start behaving that way moving forward, but being really open about that to continue attracting people to the industry. And I know we're doing, we're doing our bit, but I think I, I wanted just to shout out to everybody that's, that's a much wider, wider issue. And it's something that when I first started talking with the university, I was, I was shocked at just sort of how obvious it is and that we're not, we haven't really done much about it. And, and I think that it's a great win. And as I said to these, this, this new batch of students last night, at the moment, I'm, I'm working with two, two previous students of the, of the, um, the business school at Henley, um, of the University of Reading, from last, last year's presentation, who um, two, two companies in FinTech have snapped them up immediately for interviews on, on new projects that they're working on. So it just makes you think that this whole diversity of thought, looking at things in different ways, it's so important that we act on that and we, do, we, we follow up what we believe. And I think that in the past, people have said, um, especially on my podcast, that they go and speak at schools or universities. Just because we're in lockdown, it doesn't mean that we can't still get ourselves out there. Um, and as we spoke about it last week, I also told the students about how I think um, we are now creating opportunities to network better. And I encourage them to be part of that part of the meetup groups, part of the contacts that you can make, even though we're in lockdown. It's about that resilience and creativity. So um, I'm definitely going to be sharing some of their feedback because the overwhelming feedback was that they feel more confident now to apply to the fintech community. And that is a great win as far as I'm concerned. So I feel I've, today I'm, I feel really positive. I feel on a high. I, yeah, I'm ready to, to tackle the world. So um, yeah, I just wanted to share that with everybody. Um, any final thoughts, Beth? Yeah, look, I, I think the final thoughts are absolutely around that. I think what you've been doing is absolutely fantastic. Look, your 17% programme, 
I think has been one of the, the, the I said it last week, I think it's been one of the great innovations that we've seen in, in recruitment. I've been in recruitment 21 years. And to see that, that sort of, uh, you know, real action to, you know, to tackle a problem and to, to provide solutions around it, it's great. And to, to see what you've been doing with you know, that, to see what you've been doing with, you know, the, the entry level, which I think is so important, you know, with, with kids who are growing up myself, uh, and starting to think about you know how they are business ready. Even listening to Ben Francis again on that podcast earlier on, and recognizing it was a lesson which he did on on computing and, and business studies, and thinking about how we're getting our, our you know the next generation work ready and entrepreneurial ready. For you to be speaking to these students about the world of fintech and opening it up and being able to predominantly a philanthropic sort of uh, venture on on that sort of, that's sort the of basis to add real value to make sure the next generation of fintech is ready and fintech participants are ready, I think is so, so important. And that sort of investing, you know, to, to hear that, that companies are investing in the most difficult part to invest at the moment, which is graduate hires when you're, uh, when you're in that sort of space, I think is phenomenal. So well done to that. We hope that all of you have enjoyed all of our podcasts this week. And Nadia and I wittering on uh, about <laughs> something we're massively passionate about, the, the world of recruitment and the world of fintech over the course of the last half hour or so. Thank you so much to all of you for listening. We love bringing you this content. We love uh, talking to all of the guests who, who've been on our shows over the last year or so and looking forward to having many, many more in the, uh, in the weeks to come. So from Nadia and I, it's a huge thank you. We don't ask for anything from this other than you spreading the word. So if you, hear, you think there's someone who should be on the show, please reach out to us. If you think there's someone who should listen to the show, please let them know and pass on the pod uh, and let them know that they should be listening to, to, uh, to us as well. If you can leave a review uh, and a rating, that always helps us spread the word as well. So from Nadia and I, from uh, the whole of the Harrington Star Group, it is a massive thank you to all for listening. We've enjoyed talking to you and we hope you've enjoyed listening. See you soon on another episode of FinTech Focus. Thanks very much. Bye.